Hey everyone, Dave DeBow with another episode of the Property Profits Real Estate Podcast. Today with Mark Kenny, all the way from beautiful Dallas, Texas. How are you doing today, Mark? I'm doing well, Dave. How are you doing? I'm doing great. So if you're not familiar with Mark, Mark and his wife have done some amazing things with multifamily investing. In fact, they built up a portfolio of over 5,000 units in a relatively speaking, very short period of time. So we're going to dive in today into the pros and cons of multifamily investing with Mark Kenny. So Mark, thanks again for being on the call. And just to let people know a little bit more about you, how was it that you first got started in this crazy world of real estate investing? Yeah, so I started pretty young. I was 22. I was in college at the time, and I have, I have an identical twin brother. We both kind of sat there going, ah, we didn't really have much money growing up, and we, my dad was always fixing everything, and I don't want to do that. So didn't really have anyone as a role model, but we said, hey, everyone needs a place to live. So we started making offers on you know, kind of two to four unit properties. That's all we kind of could do at the time. And we ended up buying several properties. I was in Michigan at the time and bought them together. Didn't know what syndication was, which, which is a fancy word for raising money for other people. But I still worked corporate world. So I had, a, you know, I had some smaller properties, not enough to, to live, if you want to say it financially at the time. And I was doing a lot of the work myself and fixing toilets and things like that. I'm not very good at it either, by the way. So I said, ah, I'll keep, you know, keep working corporate world. I was a CPA, then IT consultant, IT company. And then 2013 was kind of where I was working a lot with work, you know, like minimum 80 hours a week being an IT consultant and uh, caused a lot of issues with my wife, you know, rightfully so. I ignored her. We had two kids who I paid a lot of attention to and didn't pay much attention to my wife, which I don't recommend, by the way. But it was kind of one of those situations where you need to do something different or it's not going to go very well. So I'm like, okay, what do I do with all, you know, I don't have much time. But we both loved real estate. We had bought real estate together because we got married pretty young. And I said, well, in order for me to replace my IT income, which frankly at the time I didn't think I'd even be able to do it, I said, we need to buy larger multifamily properties. Right. And syndicate. A friend of mine was syndicating deals. I invested with him and somebody else passively. And I was like, this makes a lot of sense to me. And that's kind of how we got started. It took us almost a year to get our first deal. After we got our first deal, it got easier and easier. And we, we expanded into multiple states. We're in five states now and about uh, 12 submarkets. Wow. Wow. That's pretty short period of time to build up that size of, size of portfolio, especially when it took you a year to get your first deal, big deal like that under your belt. So, right. Yeah. So is it one of those things where it's the learning process, the, the shifting from small multis to big multis, that's what takes, took a lot of, of effort and work. And then you just <clears throat> kind of started the snowball or, or what happened? There? Yeah. The learning process to be, you know, if you ask me, I'm probably a little different than some other guys out there. I don't think multifamily is that much different than a lot of the other asset classes. I think 80% of it's overlap between almost anything you buy. You go buy a single house, you go through very similar steps. It's more complicated. There's more terminology. You have to analyze a deal differently, but that came easy to me just because of my you know, accounting background and things like that. Mm-hmm. What took the most for me, it's really getting the, the track record and getting credibility with brokers. That's the biggest struggle we find people have. We coach people too, and that's kind of where when they start out, it's kind of like that's the biggest struggle. So I had a partner at the time that I partnered up with. He had more credibility than I did in larger multifamily, helped me, you know, we did some deals together. 
And that's kind of how we got our start. And we were frankly looking at everything else. I was looking at self-storage. I was looking at starting a franchise, you know, custom home development, <laughs> you okay. name it, right? Everything yeah. and landed on this. But it learning process is, I would say, to learn how to analyze and things like that. You can do it pretty quickly, but there's nothing, nothing substitutes doing the deal. Everyone that goes through a deal says that's, that's way more than I thought it was going to be. But it just gets easier as you do more. So very cool, Mark. What I picked up on there, correct me if I was wrong, but you said the biggest challenge was getting credibility with brokers. Very, very interesting. So that's even a bigger, it makes sense, right? Why are they going to pay attention to a brand new newbie every time there's a, a seminar company comes swooping through town? They got, right. They're inundated with a whole bunch of people that want to buy no money down apartment buildings, right? Right. So, so that's interesting. The other thing I would I would ask about is, so there's the challenge of creating credibility with brokers, which helps if you've got a partner with some experience under their belt and get a few deals under your belt first. Now, what about, I mean, because I imagine if you're getting into these bigger deals and you're encouraging your students to do that as well, they're working with joint venture partners, money partners, they're raising capital, they're doing syndications. How much of a challenge is that for most people when they first get started? I'm really curious about that. Yeah, raising capital. Yeah. So we have 14 steps to our process. We didn't invent multifamily <laughs> investing, but we have our kind of own spin on it. Two areas out of the 14 people struggle with. One is deal analysis, and that's going to be be easier if you're an engineer typically or IT guy, whatever, math person, you can get pick it up faster than somebody else. But no doubt everyone, almost without exception, has fear of raising capital. I was petrified of doing it. I never, you know, never asked my dad for money for anything, never asked anyone else for money. So it was really hard. And that's kind of the area where people do struggle. They're like, I don't want to ask people. I'm going to get rejected. I'm going to, I don't know what to say, right. uh, things like that. So it's a good, good point. It's, it's the number one fear people have in syndication for sure. Interesting. So what do you suggest to people that are kind of wanting to take some baby steps into that realm and, and see how it yeah. goes. You got to yeah. kind of jump all in, I know, but. Oh yeah. Well you do, but I think what we have found, we have kind of a, we have something called family syndication group, which is people in our group that everyone kind of works together and, and things like that. Different aspects of the deal kind of focus on things that you're good at, but with raising capital, there's no question in my mind, the easiest way to try to raise capital is to partner with somebody that has a deal already that you know, like trust, yeah. and you're coming in, they're, they already have a track record. So when you're going to talk to you, your friends, you can say, yeah, I'm just one person on the team. I'm, I'm teaming up with Dave, and Dave's been doing it 20 years. He owns whatever, 3,000 units, and he's been doing it. So I'm teamed up with him. So you get to learn the questions people ask because you're going to hear the same questions over and over again, yeah. get more comfortable with it. And then end of the day, you know, hopefully you raise some, some capital. And if you don't, you know, and say, you know, it's still not great, but it's not your deal. Right. Usually someone has a, a deal. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. So no question. The easiest is to come into somebody else's deal. There's some legal aspects of how you do that and things like that. We won't go into all that. Mm -hmm. But at the end of the day, get into somebody else's deal that already has a track record, raise capital and partner up with them. And you're one of one person on the entire team. Yeah. No, that makes a lot of sense. So you and your twin brother, you say you got an identical twin brother. I do. Cool. Is he still investing in real estate? Or are you guys? No, know? funny enough, no. We're even though we're same DNA, we have a lot of his wife didn't want anything to do with the 
a real estate when he got married, which was like, I don't know, five years after I did. And we sold the properties we had together. And my wife and I just, my wife to me is full time yeah. in real estate. So we do it together. Wow. That is awesome. Yeah. No, that's great. So you guys started out with a small multis. You got into, you know, you had that epiphany moment, happy wife, happy life moment there. You started getting into much larger deals. You took your own advice and you partnered up with somebody that had a track record for, for that first one. How long until you started doing your own deals? Like just, or, or three deals. Yeah. Three deals. And even that I still had partners, but I was leading them, Got you it. know, so it took me, uh, I did 64, 208 and a 255 unit. After that, I was next one a day after that was 454 units, but I, I led that one. Hmm. Very, very cool. All right. And typically for those kind of that size of projects, how big is the investor group that you guys are usually working with? And what do you, how do you usually kind of structure it for the minimum investment? Yeah, too big. Yeah. But usually minimum is going to be, we usually do 75, 50 to 100, but 75 is pretty, pretty standard for us. And you just kind of do the math. You know, we have, we've raised, you know, we have one right now we're raising over 7 million on raised, you know, six plus million multiple times. So you can have, you know, 60, 70 investors in it. Yeah, that's that's a lot of people to report to, that's for sure. But it's a lot. That's how you get big though, right? That, that makes it sense. is. Now I think we've touched on this because you come from an accounting background. But I was gonna ask you, you know, when it comes to real estate investing, what would you consider to be your unfair advantage? For us, and I think brokers would attest to this, is that you need something of value you can bring. So starting out or not. For us, now that I'm where I'm at, it's our unfair advantage, I want to say, is being easy to work with, not pushovers, but easy to work with, doing exactly what we say we're going to do and closing deals. So, you know, there's one firm, brokerage firm in the Atlanta area, we closed like 11 deals in 18 months with. Wow. And they'll tell you, I mean, hands down that you know, they bring us off-market deals all the time and then other people as well, but we're a handful of people that they go to and it's because... We get, I would, I would guess probably 20% of the deals, maybe a little higher of deals we get. We weren't the original buyer. Somebody else got it ahead of us because maybe they were higher on price. They fall out of contract and we come in and, and get the contract. And we've done that many, many times. And, you know, I tell people, you know, even if you have an opportunity to screw somebody, don't do it because it's a small world. Yeah. And we just have a good reputation with sellers and brokers that we do what we say we're going to do. We're fair people, reasonable. And we close the deals. So with that in, in mind, what would you suggest to somebody who wants to create that unfair advantage themselves? What what would you suggest? I mean, obviously do what you say you're going to do, but where do you see people screwing up with that most? Yeah, I would say um, it really comes down to, we all probably have a little pride, but it's being prideful, you know, being, not making business decisions. You're making emotional decisions. And even people say, oh, well, most guys, it's the girls that are emotional. no. Believe me, I've seen a lot of guys get really emotional over a deal yeah. and make some really short-sighted decisions. Once you do that, then you you kind of, you know, it only takes once to kind of mess up somewhat to kind of start, I don't say ruin your reputation, but start hindering your reputation, right, in your progress. So, you know, it's sometimes you sit there and go, well, it might be you look at everything from a financial standpoint too only. Of course, the deal has to work. But if the deal still works, and you have to pay an extra fifty thousand dollars or whatever it is to get the deal to work, then it works. Do it. Yeah. 
Right. So some people are like, well, I, that guy only paid 2 million for it. Like, you know, two years ago, now he wants 4 million for it. I'm like, Oh, well, good for him. You know, does the deal still work? Does it make sense? And if it does, then, you know, go for it. Yeah. That's why we're in this business, right? We can't judge the other guy making a profit as well. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I've seen that often myself as well, Mark. And my, in myself at times as well, letting pride get in the way and my way or the highway. And then you lose out on a good deal because you're just too damn stubborn to back down a little bit or negotiate a bit or what have you. Right. Excellent. All right. So, um, you guys, you and your wife are doing coaching and training for folks these days with when it comes to real estate investing. What are some of the other big challenges or mistakes you see people, newbies making when they want to break into multifamily investing, especially the, the really big properties like you guys are doing? A high percentage of people think they're just going to go directly to sellers and bypass brokers. I'm not saying it's, it's not possible to do that because it is, but you're going to spend a lot of time, a lot of wasted time. You want to develop relationships with brokers. They have way more inventory and access to sellers than, you know, going directly to a seller, spending a lot of time and then just having the property swooped out from under you anyways with a broker gets involved. So that's one. And then the other one is we just see a lot of mistakes on underwriting. You know, I look at a lot of deals. I look at, I analyze a lot of deals. People send me, various pro formas and they don't follow the steps, frankly. So there two things happen. One, they might buy a property that you shouldn't buy or two, they're putting a lot of offers in getting more information as time goes on, what they should have gotten ahead of time. And now they're backing out of deals mm-hmm. and, it, and it doesn't look good with brokers. If you're going to put a letter of intents in and then backing out, I had a dinner with someone in Denver and he said he kept backing out of deals. And I'm like, well, are you doing, you know, are you talking to a prop management company with a budget? Are you talking to a tax consultant? Are you doing X, Y, Z? And he wasn't doing any of those things, just submitting letter of intents. So um, not doing those, you know, not taking the proper steps before you, you submit it, letter of intents, a big issue. Yeah, that makes sense. Awesome, Mark. So if, tell us a little bit about if people want to find out more about what you're up to and, and what you do with real estate investing, what should they do? Sure. My email is mark, M-A-R-K, at thinkmultifamily.com. Website, just thinkmultifamily.com. We go to a lot of events. We hold events. We're, you know, we're, I talk to people on a regular basis for different things. So more than happy to chat with different people about how they can get started. Or maybe it's not a good fit either, right? But it, get educated first. Find out, hey, either it is for me or it's not. But most people, when they start really learning about multifamily and how it's valued and how quickly you can build net worth and, and things like that, they're usually pretty hooked. I would imagine. So just out of curiosity, so your wife kind of gave you the ultimatum. How long between that and when you're able to replace your high paying J-O-B income? So I was able to quit and I had my own IT company. I was able to quit my own company, if you want to say, after uh, three deals. So it was probably like two, two and a half years. Nice. Maybe a little less. And then, but I, at that point in time, I had not replaced my IT income. I was making pretty well. I had a lot of Fortune 100 customers, so I was doing pretty well. But now far surpassed that. So it probably took probably four years, I'm guessing. I should know, but about four years, probably four. But I was definitely a very, very high income earner at the time. So two and a half years to make enough to keep the lights on and then a few more to meet. Yeah. I think it was now I'm doing the math. It's probably a little less than two and a half, but either way, two and then four years probably to to completely you know surpass my IT business. 
Excellent. So now happy wife, happy life. Right. Excellent. That's right. Thank you very much for your time on the show. I really appreciate it. It's been great uh, getting some insights from you. Thanks, Dave. I appreciate it. All right, everyone. Thanks a lot for tuning in. See you on the next episode. Bye-bye. Well, thanks very much for checking out the Property Profits podcast. If you like what we're doing here, please head on over to iTunes, subscribe, rate us, and leave us a review. We very, very much appreciate it. And if you're looking to create a regular flow of inbound investor inquiries about your real estate deals, then I invite you to attend one of my upcoming live online demonstrations. And you can check that out at InvestorAttractionDemo.com. Take care.